Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast, helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. We hope you enjoyed your, your holidays so far. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be in the holiday season here. Today we have my good friend Derek Acker, the owner and founder of Straight Line General Contracting. Derek, thanks for joining us today, man. Thank you so much for asking and being here. I'm super excited to be involved. Yeah, man. So before we dive into to Derek's story and who he is, I just want to make sure you do a quick announcement that we're having our ugly sweater Western Entrepreneur Christmas Party on December 13th. That's a Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. So we'll keep it early enough so you can still be you know, well and rested home, maybe to tuck your kids in. It depends on how late they stay up and ready for the next day. So if you have not RCP to that and, there's no, and it's not sold out yet, by the time you're listening to this, make sure you head on to our Eventbrite, to our website, or our social medias. All of our links will be in there. Make sure you check out that. Again, we're going to have gift cards for the ugliest sweater, most creative. We're actually going to have an ornament where you can actually put your your kind of your word, if you will, for your 2023, whether it's courageous, perseverance, persistence, whatever it may be. And we're going to have some fun games to create some general or genuine relationships between other entrepreneurs that you meet at the party. So hope to see you there. So Derek, man, I know you. You know, we've had hours of conversation, man, at this point, Derek. So for those that don't know who you are, because I really feel like, Derek, you fly under the radar, my friend. I feel like you just do you. And you, you're, you're you know, for those that know Derek, he's an avid tennis player, world-renowned, if you don't mind me saying that at this point. Um, but you fly under the radar. Uh, so Derek, for those that don't know who you are, where you grew up, how you got into, into the construction business, tell us your story, brother. Well, great intro, and thank you. Yeah, so mom and dad uh, got married early. Dad was Air Force Vietnam pilot, and um, I was born in uh, Austin, Texas. His first duty station was Enid, Oklahoma, and uh, mom and dad got divorced then. I was four, um, moved back to California, and uh, went to high school there until I was 15 years old, and then uh, a professional tennis academy moved into town, and my mom had some players move in with us. So she hosted some of the tennis players. Hosted some of the players. Cool. It was an exciting time, but it was a challenging time because I was in those teenage years and I, I went from being the best tennis player in high school in the area to the worst tennis player in my bedroom overnight. So I decided to move to England, which is where my father was, went to a Department of Defense military boarding school, finished high school, graduated the next morning, flew back to the States on a plane mom and dad were struggling with custodial agreements. And so I didn't go the typical college route, moved to Hawaii for a couple of years where family was, and really was introduced to kind of entrepreneurship through my aunt and uncle who owned some dive shops and boat dealerships. They sold, came back to the States, worked for a gentleman who owned some um, sporting goods store franchises and, uh, Worked for him for a couple of years and then was picked up by a um, import export company and um, moved to Texas, just outside of Dallas. And um, at 24, I made a, a fairly significant mountain bike and skateboard sale, got a big commission 
and decided to move back to California where family was to pursue college. At this point, I was 23 years old. So moved back to um, Santa Barbara area, which was accidental. My grandparents lived just north of there in a farming town called Lompoc. And um, I got a job accidentally with a general contractor and started at Santa Barbara Community College. Got my AA degree three years at night school. And then I had a decision to go to the University of California, Santa Barbara or Antioch. There were a few other smaller colleges there, but I decided Antioch because I could keep my job. And uh, I got my BS in uh, management, Uh, met my now wife of coming on 22 years. Um, Congratulations, brother. Thank you. Met my now wife in my last semester. And um, you know, I planned to open a construction company. So she kind of helped me in the last little bit of school we used on opening up mock companies to kind of try and understand what we needed to do from a foundational standpoint. So yeah, then started a a few companies, but a construction company, we had an estate and property management company because a lot of our clients in Santa Barbara were, um, it was their secondary or tertiary residence. And by their requests, we had a swimming pool cleaning company and a landscape company as well. So grew a company, significant company. We had, I think, 34 to 38 employees at the height and um, did some very significant residential projects size-wise. Wife got pregnant in 08. We had our first son. She had some medical complications. It kind of coincided with the housing crash in Santa Barbara, uh, well, nationwide, but it really hit Santa Barbara because of the size of the loans. I think at the time, a single wide trailer in Santa Barbara was like $379,000. And um, a no-doc loan, if I'm remembering right, was something like 420 or something like that was the minimum. So anyway, everybody had these loans that had to reset and nobody could afford them. So the market just crashed. Construction almost stopped. But we had some large contracts We put our first house on the market, sold it the next day, full ask, plus contents. Um, We owned a smaller house in Summerlin, California. So we moved into that. And when we felt it was time, we put that on the market and sold it to, ironically, some professional tennis players from Australia. And uh, we were five, six days. And, you know, then we moved back to Buffalo. Which is where your wife's from, correct? Wife's from, yep. She was born and raised. She went through the Catholic school program. 14 Holy Helpers. And my father-in-law just retired a couple years ago. He 39 years at General Mills. So yeah, I married into a um, a beautiful, lively Polish Catholic uh, clan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So how long do you live in Buffalo now? So full-time I've been in Buffalo since uh, 2010. So what is that? 11, 12 years. Yeah. 12, we go on 13 if you want to count 2023. So that's it, man. So, so it was straight line a company before you moved here or was it what you started when you moved here to Buffalo? It was a company prior. My brother-in-law and I partnered up and um, he started Straight Line, I I believe in 05, 06. And he's a residential framer. And um, when we partnered, it was something that, you know, like we we chuckle about now, but at the time, just our values weren't aligned um, from a business standpoint. He's very tactile, unbelievable framer 
moose of a man. He's your size. For those of you who obviously can't see us, Dave's a big boy. <laughs> and, um, you know, we both had growing families and spouses and, you know, just we did our best to try and reconcile, but, you know, I came from more of a management operations where he was more of a, um, I like being in the field, in the field. And so we, um, worked out an arrangement and then I bought the name of the company and he started, um, a framing company and oh, went cool. back. I love it, man. So what do you notice is the big, the biggest difference working with people in Buffalo or running a business in Buffalo than it is anywhere else that you've run it? That's a great question. And, and when I first got here, it was it was humbling to say the least. Um, I thought I was going to come in just it was a lot of ego. You know, I thought I'd come in and with my experience and where I had been, I thought it would be an easy transition. You know, I had a lot of experience, worked for some high net worth clients, done some pretty extensive residential work. And uh, I think that what I synthesize it down to is Buffalo's very provincial, where Santa Barbara is extremely transitory. The fact that I didn't grow up in Santa Barbara had no impact whatsoever on the clientele that was hiring me. Whereas in Buffalo, you know, I'm working with people whose grandfathers went to elementary school together. And so that, that was, that was a challenge initially to try and understand why it was so hard or it felt so hard to break in. Mm -hmm. Also the geography culturally in, in California, we had a lot of Hispanic or Latino labor. And, you know, the, so the labor force was completely different as well. The biggest business difference is in California, it's arguably maybe besides Florida, the hardest state to get a general contracting license. The license requires 10,000 documented field hours or a four-year degree and 4,000 field hours. Plus you have to take some fairly serious tests your license has to be placed on everything, signage, business cards, this t-shirts. Is in California, you're in California yeah. Here it's a little laissez-faire. <laughs> it's just the barrier to, to entry is just different. You could be a general contractor tomorrow here in Buffalo with general liability insurance. And so the barrier to entry here is lower. And, uh, you know, the, 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 in Santa Barbara, in I believe it was 08, one raw acre of land with no utilities was a million dollars. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So do you think now, that, you know, hearing your story in a more depth level of how you started your business, do you think that partnering with your brother-in-law helped considering he's from the area? Do you think that kind of helped get your, your start considering that that's kind of important to Buffalonians here, or at least Western New Yorkers, where we're like, we like to have a relationship with who we're working versus, oh, I never heard you. Naturally, our walls kind of go up. Do you think that helped you at all in the beginning? Absolutely, because I think, one of the things that, you know, you and I connected on is the magazines and, and advertising. And I had shared with you that, you know, I've never spent a penny in my 20 some year career of advertising. And why is that is because I, I work only by referrals and that's just something that, you know, in, in to steal your phrase, flying under the radar, I'm, I'm not big on external validation. And, um, I, I like developing relationships. I'm a synergistic communicator. So having somebody from the area that I could synergize with and tap into some of his knowledge and resource about suppliers, ironically, a dear friend, godmother of one of my kids is a local architect, Heather Nemec. And um, my brother-in-law introduced me to her and she and I have been long, fast friends and colleagues and business partners. And 
So the, the quick and simple answer is absolutely having him, Scott, and my brother-in-law as a partner in the business, having the contacts and the understanding of the seasonality of Buffalo and things that I just never experienced. It definitely helped me initially greatly. Yeah. Cause I was wondering about that. Now that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Now, one of the things we've talked about before we actually hit record here was that you have a coach and you thought mentorship was just huge for you overall as a person. I'm just a business owner here. So is this been the same coach the entire time? And if it is, how, how did you find him or her? Tell us a little journey of that. And, why, and, and more importantly, why do you think it is so important for entrepreneurs to have a coach? Because so many times they're, you know, kind of have our hands up. Like, I don't know about that. But go ahead, Derek. No, it's a, it's a fantastic question. And I, I would say that, you know, when, when I meet younger people in their entrepreneurial journey, I'm asked often, you know, what advice would you give me? And the first thing that I default back to is hiring a, a business coach. When I started my construction company, one of my first clients was a realtor in the Montecito area, Robert Kemp, dear friend. We've been friends for 22, 23 years now. And Robert said, hey, I, I want you to trust me. I want you to come to a seminar with me. And I said, can you tell me about it? And he used a phrase that I still use to this day. He says, could you explain a passionate kiss to a 12-year-old? And I said, <laughs> Don't think so. And he goes, I can't tell you what this is. Just trust me, buddy. Come with me. So I went to a seminar in Monterey, California, and it was put on by Brian Buffini of Buffini and Company. He's the largest real estate coaching company in the world. And we sat front row and we had these journals and I was being asked to do things, write goals. What's my three-year, five-year plan? I still have the book upstairs. And at one of the breaks, you know, they said that, you know, they were open for coaching in the back, but they only had 22 spots available. So I thought about it. I tried to call my wife. She was at work. She didn't pick up. So I didn't do it at the break, but at the end I signed up and I worked with Buffini and company for about six years. And my coach there, her name was Yolanda Silvis. And, um, she was my coach for the entire time. One of the biggest things I did with Buffini and Company is Brian is a first generation Irish immigrant. His brother, John, designed a profiling system that Buffini and Company used called the Heritage Profile. And I had done kind of the standardized Myers-Briggs stuff, but this is the only profile that we know of in the world where it's audible. It's all audible. So for example, for those of you who don't know Dave, big personality, big guy. So if you were to take a standardized test and one of the questions was, in school, did you seek attention or were you a class clown? Now, whether or not you did or didn't, because maybe if you were silly in school and were chastised for it, that you would possibly not put 10 if you were, you know, the life of the party in school, maybe you'd put a six or a seven. Because you have the option on the standardized test to skew it the way you perceive yourself. Right. On this heritage profile, one of the beautiful things is it's recorded and they listen back for through it. And uh, the pauses for the thoughts and to, voice inflection, yeah, tonality, yeah. excitement. And so when I got it back, this is how long ago it was. I got it back on a cassette tape. And when my wife and I listened to it together, she was nodding her head going, yep, that's you. Yep, that's you. 
So I learned some really important things about myself. For example, the biggest one that I've taken from it is that I'm perpetual, which means I have no um, sense of time. Time is a theory to me. There's no difference between 10 minutes and 10 hours. So I, when we moved here, I could drive across country. I could drive 18 hours a day, no problem. My wife, on the other hand, she's finite. So we do a house project. I got her for maybe two hours max where I could go, I could paint all day. The other thing I learned about myself is I'm a pragmatic communicator. My wife is aesthetic. So tell me the facts. That's all I need to know. With my, so I'm based on content. My wife is based on context. So if I didn't shave, if my brow is furled, if I'm not giving her eye contact, if I'm speaking loud or fast, then she's not hearing anything I'm saying. She's just reading the delivery. So what I learned is I needed to really check myself in the 20 steps I take from the vehicle to the back door when I go to go in the house because I'm kind of setting the tone. But you can see something really nice, but for some reason, if your energy's off, she's reading the energy. Right. And, and then her reading the energy is, 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 is setting the tone for a discussion where she's like, I could have gotten off the, I could have stubbed my toe on the way in, or it could have been cold or has nothing to do. He's got a weird phone call coming in. So did your wife take this test too? How did you, I imagine so. Cause always you have this. She did. No, no pun intended, but you have all this context (laughs) with all this. Yeah. And you know, uh, my wife, I mean, they, they have these beautiful words. So my wife's a benefactor. And um, she's also a gardener in her profile. So what does that mean? My wife will do anything for anybody. My wife loves watching things grow. She's a wonderful mom. Um, We have four kiddos and they go to Immaculate Conception in East Aurora. And when people say your kids are so well behaved, I, I try and give my wife all the credit because she keeps them on a schedule. She's very committed to their day with homework, with parties at school, birthdays are really big to her, her, my wife, that is. We also have 80 some odd farm animals. So some of them are rescues and that just fills my wife up. Hey, really quick. I just interrupt your podcast really quick to ask you a simple question from one of our business sponsors of the Western Entrepreneur Podcast. Do you need a lawyer? If you own a business, then yes. From business formation, operating agreements, corporate contracts, licensing agreements, and employment contracts to business litigation, every business needs a great lawyer in its corner. The business attorneys at Rump Base, Falls Grab Cunningham, customize every solution to the needs of your business while keeping you in compliance of local, state, and federal laws. Visit our website today at rumpbase.com. That's R-U-P-P-B-A-S-E. Dot com rump base falls graph cunningham people at law now back to your podcast so i have to ask man just for the sake of time because we're already at 19 minutes that so it sounds like obviously family is very important to you like to really know the nitty-gritty of how you're wired and everything with there so i want to kind of flip that to our, our listeners real quick do you know how you're wired like i'm talking wired you might know and it, what i liked about your your uh, test there is that we, we have this perception of who we are but then people have maybe a different perception of who we are and i remember hearing this quote that often we judge people by who 
We want people to judge us by who we're trying to be, but we judge people who they actually are. If that makes sense or by the act. I'm sure I'm, I'm butchering the quote here. But for me, it's like when we really know, we have a person outside perspective of really who we are and how we're wired, it really changes that. And we can really be a better husband. We can know how they're wired. We can know how we're, even just how our workers, how we come across as a, as a CEO. I think it's really important. So do you know yourself extremely well and how you're wired and, and how you're, um, who you are as an entrepreneur, your strengths, weaknesses, things of that nature? And if you maybe have done it like me, maybe 10 years ago, maybe it's time to freshen up because we do change. But that being said, man, what I like about you is that you, it seems like you just have this timeless time. And the way like that is that like you don't worry about time. And as for me, I'm like, man, I wish I had that. I really wish I had that. I'm always like, how, how efficient can I be in the next five hours? So for you, I have to, it's, it leads me to this question, Derek. How do you get stuff done when you're not worried about time? Because I got to imagine, especially in the construction business, there's deadlines, there's things. Do you not stress out about that? How do you, how does that mold with your personality? Uh, these are great questions. So I think that the biggest thing about being an entrepreneur is it starts with you. And if you don't really know yourself, then you're doomed. And because I started with Perpetual, one of the things in construction is that, that that's bad in our industry is that people don't show up when they're supposed to. And that was something that I worked on initially when I started my company is if I need to know where I need to be, and if I have no sense of time, and I'm a synergistic communicator, how am I going to do this? So the first thing we did is I, I, I rented a small office space and I hired an, a, an office manager and her job, the number one thing on her job was to make sure that I knew where I needed to be. It was the most uncomfortable thing for me when I would meet with a client and they'd say, can you meet Tuesday? And I'd say, I'm really sorry. You have to go through my office manager. Otherwise I won't be where I'm supposed to. <laughs> yeah. It was so hard for me. But once I started doing that, I realized that, oh my gosh, now I'm not fighting a personality trait of mine. Now I can be intentionally focused on the highest and best use of my time. And what is that? Developing relationships, strategic planning for the future, and, and really understanding how to place my time the best. That makes complete sense to me because last night I was kind of like, you know, hey, are we all set for tomorrow? And your office manager reached out to me. He was talking like, hey, you know, we're, we're, uh, if we, we're, we are all set. We have things plowed and ready to go. I'm like, why did the office manager reach out to me? I, I was texting Derek. So now it makes sense to me about that. But go ahead. Yeah. So and, and, and that was important to me. The second thing is that because I'm not big on external validation, meaning I don't do things for praise. But one thing is I like taking on challenges. So when I moved back to Buffalo, I met the head coach of the University of Buffalo's men's tennis team, Lee Nickel. He really helped me elevate my tennis game. And though I'm nowhere near as talented as he or any of the UB athletes, I have the ability to train with them. And that became important as I learned about the national kind of senior tournaments. But when I play the tournaments, if I do well, my wife or some friends are saying, well, why, why don't you post this? Or why don't you advertise this? And it's just, it's actually a weakness of mine in that regard. So, you know, I just am not a big self promoter, never have been, but in my profile, I'm an Olympian, which means I like to do a lot of things. I'll have multiple plates spinning. So we breed a rare Bavarian draft horse. 
we have this company, we have four kids. I sit on a couple of boards. Most recently, I was the president of the homeschool association at Immaculate Conception, the kids' school. And I'd play tennis. I would coach some of the kids' sports teams. So, you know, I know that I like to tackle a lot of things, but I don't do it partway. I like to do it well. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of commitment. Mm -hmm. And that's where the time factor Mm -hmm. would get me gummed up. Mm -hmm. So that's really helped me. The other coach that I work with is a retired Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann. He's a a Green Beret, retired. Most recently, he um, published the book uh, Pineapple Express. He was instrumental in helping get a lot of the interpreters out of um, Afghanistan when the withdrawal kind of didn't go ideally. Mm -hmm. Scott talks a lot about storytelling and purpose. And um, I was able, with the help of Moog and... um, uh, M&T Bank to bring his play, The Last Out, The Elegy of a Green Beret, to uh, Shays. That's important to me because my biologic grandfather was killed in World War II. My other grandfather was a pilot. His wife was a nurse. And Grandma Acker was a wasp. She was a pilot in World War II. So now as I'm losing my grandparents, the family legacy of my father flying in Vietnam and 39 years as a colonel flying the F-15. The military, the way I was brought up, the impact it had on our my family is important. And so I've started to do a lot of work in the community with veterans and veterans associations. And so that has helped me. So part of purpose, I like to educate, but I also like to use my resources, my business to help others. And so by bringing the play and bringing the awareness to the Buffalo area where we have a rich veterans community, you know, the play is, is, is focused on the costs of war. Mm-hmm. We honored a number of gold star families, which was just probably one of the most touching things that I've ever experienced. Mark Andall made in America general welding. They had me on their WECK show. And um, that goes back to the thing that you and I talked about, about mentorship, you know, once Mark found out about the veterans and he wanted to get me involved and help out. And so it's just that synergy that you can create um, or that was created around the play is the same type of synergy that I've always tried to create around my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So last question for time purposes. So what's cool about you is you see me have a really, I guess, streamlined the process here. You know, uh, you know, not to you know, be too close to straight line here, but it just seems like, you know, so I guess my question to you is for people that are like, they only have one or two employees, they seem like sometimes we just can't get out of our own way. Yep. We're always trying to have the control or maybe we're afraid to hire people because we don't have enough work for them. Whatever the case may be, what, what advice do you have for them that are to how to grow their business and scale without getting into trouble, if you will, and keep it streamlined? It's a great question because fear, um, Zig Ziglar says that fear just stands for false evidence that appears real. Yeah. And um, hiring the coach and getting my profile done, it showed me where I had blind spots that I couldn't see through. So my bookkeeper has been with me 22 years. She's the first person I ever hired in my career. And she's still with me. And she's with me because I've empowered her to do what she's good at. And and I listened to her. And we've had a very, very strong relationship. So from the business standpoint, the foundation of straight line, my legal advice that I get 
for contracts and things like that has been impeccable here in Western New York and in Santa Barbara. My accountant and tax prep has been impeccable with my bookkeeper, Ina, and my CPA. But I, I would say that I read The E-Myth Revisited early, great book for entrepreneurs, but really identify what you're good at and hire people or surround yourself with other businesses, whether it's your accountant or, you know, snowplow or, you know, I, I say that because of all the snow, you know, don't, don't, don't waste times on things that you're, that don't benefit the, the vision of your business in the immediacy of it. Yeah, I love that. And it's so hard to let go of that sometimes. But unfortunately, man, that's all the time we have today. We're at 29.0 and I still got it. We have the commercials, we have the intro, outro. So that being said, man, for those that would love to connect with you, and maybe they're, hey, this is just my kind of guy. This is who I want to connect with. What is the best way for them to get a hold of you? You can, we can pull whatever. People put their emails, cell phones, anywhere you feel like doing. Yeah, sure. So there's a straightlinenow.com is our website. My email, the easy one is Derek, D-E-R-E-K-A-C-K-E-R at gmail.com. And my cell is 716-255-4440. I'm big on mentorship. I'm big on connectivity. I'm big on referrals. I know we're close to the end, but I, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Mike Bonatatabis at Millington Lockwood and Mike at BRD, who is a competitor, if you will, because he's a general contractor. But those two gentlemen, along with Cynthia Fiery, have just been instrumental in helping me as a, a man, a husband, and a business owner when really I didn't have much to offer them in return initially. Also, Heather Nemec, Heather Nemec Architecture has been fantastic. But anything that I can do to help you or anybody that's interested, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Awesome, brother. Well, I appreciate your time, man. I know you're a busy guy. Thanks again for your time, Derek. Bye for now. Thanks. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to WNYEntrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.